I think I love this gospel more than any other because it has almost an infinite number of insights in it. Uh, it's so rich with detail and uh, many, many things. Uh, the, one of the things I find remarkable is that Mary be- comes in contact with the really real, the kingdom that lasts forever. We, we say, oh, I've heard that so many times. You and I are going to be in that kingdom forever. This one is a short kingdom. Thanks be to God. You know, this world, all its troubles, is very passing. But where are we going? See, Christmas is all about a, je- a destination. Jesus becomes a human being to lead us to God uh, by actually coming into this creation. And so Mary, who we live in this world of darkness, and really all we have is our faith. We can't see anything, especially of the spiritual world, world unless God makes it known to us for her The angel Gabriel last appeared in Jewish history 500 years earlier. That's about like the Puritans for us. You know, really prehistory for any culture 500 years. To Daniel, you know, at the Babylonian exile. So here they are. Here's the angel Gabriel, eternally young, out of time. She sees an angel. As soon as she sees the angel, she knows. You know, she knew in her heart there was a God. But now she sees. Most of us will never have that chance to see. When we run into angels, it's, it's always obliquely uh, and uh, in disguise as other human beings, as many of us have. Uh, but she sees Gabriel in the flesh. I was thinking about where was Gabriel, where did he come from, from the invisible to the visible, from his dimension to ours. I guess Deacon Ty's running off, rubbing off on me. I've been thinking in terms of physics. Uh, I would have, I might have become a physicist, except for one problem: math. <laughs> but he and I talk about it a little bit because I, I read up on it quite a bit, and it's very interesting. Many scientists, many people in our world are materialists. Let me put it that way: they believe all that exists is what we can see with our five senses. It's we really live in a very a dark age in many ways that, that has no sense of the sacred. And yet, when people abandon Christianity, they go right after pagan things and, and witchcraft and all kinds of odd things that, of which are ridiculous. And, uh, but in any case, there's all these scientific things that are very odd. For example, and somebody have to help me with this, is something called spooky something. And it's where if you have two entangled particles, uh, I can only give this sermon when Deacon Ty, our nuclear physicist, isn't listening to me, but um, he might be tuning in. But you have these two particles that are entangled. When you separate them by any distance, you move this one, the other one moves identically. And they've, they've actually placed one in the space shuttle and one down here, and they move instantaneously, faster than the speed of light, which, according to Einstein, is impossible. Scientists feel, figure if you put one on, on both ends of the Milky Way, they would still do that, which tells you there's something we don't know about the universe. Scientists think that there are other dimensions. I believe the last figure I read uh, is 21. I used to get Scientific American, but um, that's my claim to knowledge. But in any case, uh, there's other dimensions, up to 21 um, that's the only way they can, they can make, you know, physics makes sense if there are other, other dimensions like this. We, um, we explore the heavens looking for 
intelligent life, and there are other missions planned. I think to Europa, there's some good chance of perhaps life occurring under the oceans. And Deacon Ty said, to, he said when we went back to Los Alamos, where he used to work as a research physicist, his, some of his atheist friends would come up to him and try to talk him out of his priesthood. They'd say, well, when we find life on another planet, uh, that's the end of your faith. He said, no, that confirms it. Where did God ever say we're the only planet with life? You know, God is abundant. You know, we have no idea what's waiting for us. Not at all. But in any case, you know, uh, it's funny because there was one other example I, I had, but fortunately for you, I've forgotten it. Um, <laughs> but in any case, it's... They look for intelligent life. I, I think we haven't found it on this planet yet, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> but other than our Lord and Mary and Joseph and, well, they're, but, you know, they look and they look. We've got these radio telescopes. Look, listening, you know. We've been sending out signals for 100 years now, 100 light years away. They're watching I Love Lucy, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. But... We haven't found anything yet. But we as Catholics and as Christians know there are other dimensions. That's where the angels live. They are intelligent. They are completely other than us. They are uh, above us in terms of their intelligence, their intellect, their their bodies are purely spiritual. Each of them is, is a unique creation. They're not related to each other. We're all one family. They are not. They're, for all accounts, there are countless angels in the universe. We don't know what they all do. They're actually only called angels when they have a mission to the earth, like the archangel Gabriel did. And they are the really real. We are destined to know them in heaven and to live with them forever and to converse with them just as we converse with each other. They help us, and they're also the fallen angels that tempt us. It's a great mystery. And it, oh, I know what, the, the third thing, Somebody didn't pray hard enough. They, in the universe, inexplicably, particles appear and disappear in empty space. Where do they come from? I, was, I asked Ty about this. I said, is there any theory about this? He said, it's the other dimensions that are showing up. They're coming out of another dimension and going back in. The, the, um, the idea that the universe is expanding more and more rapidly, there's, a, there's an unseen thing we haven't found yet called dark matter or our theory of gravity is wrong, one of the two. So, but in the midst of all that, we have the reality of the spiritual world, and there's so much evidence for it, so much more than there is for alternate dimensions or infinity of universes at the Big Bang or any other thing that's come up. What some people will do to deny the existence of God, you know, but why does God come in such a hidden way? Why doesn't he just reveal himself? He's doing everything but standing on his head in this generation that so many don't know him because of some ignorant people that write books about atheism and stuff. They, it's such a, it's an unbelievably uh, ignorant position. Uh, the way I describe it is, take 14 billion years, shake well, and a 747 will come out the other end. Does that sound like logic to you? And a human brain is infinitely more complex than anything we've ever created, and it created itself from one cell, all by itself. Isn't that amazing? Oh, but it's just a happy accident. Well, our Lord hides, 
And he says, I don't come to the proud. I come to those in need. We come to him because we know we need something. Those of us who are fallen, we complain because our bodies don't work right or we, our job isn't going well, our family's got problems. Uh, there's some, somebody's coming for Christmas that you're going to have to probably put up with. You know, uh, you name it in this world, whether it's Korea or, or whatever person we don't care for, you know, in any position of power or, or our lives, we, things aren't going the way we'd like to. God doesn't answer our prayers right away. We come to him in great need. The Adoration Chapel's full of people that pull up there. Uh, some of you are regulars and, you know, some come in and they have great problems. They tell me about it. They come to Jesus. This is why we come to him. The ones that were full uh, killed him. They had, they had all they needed. Thank you very much. We don't need you and your opinions. Out you go. He hides from them. He comes to us in humility. Tonight, we, we're very privileged tonight and tomorrow morning to see the everything's ready to go, obviously, because we can't decorate in three hours between the last Advent Mass and the first family Mass. But, but uh, you see the empty thing here. And in a way, when Christ comes, he could not be more vulnerable. Yet he himself is the one, the most powerful, create, the creator of everything, who sustains us in being, yet he became like that. He wants to see our, our poverty, and what is more, more poverty-stricken than, than the Virgin Mary, who is now on her way to, to Bethlehem, you know, nine months pregnant. Um, the angel who appears to Mary does not tell her what is in store for Christ or her. Everything in that long gospel is he'll be great, the son of the most high, his reign will have no end, and she's, you know, she's very troubled, first about herself, and uh, she asks a couple questions, because she knows, she knows there's more to this, but the angel won't tell her. She'll find out from Simeon three months, or excuse me, nine months after, after this, that Jesus will be rejected, like so many mothers here, her, his, her sword will the sword will pierce her heart more than almost any mother to watch her son die that kind of a death, uh, the worst you could inflict on someone. But she was like us. She had to learn in the circumstances of life. Uh, she did, probably didn't see angels everywhere she turned. Um, the angel knew everything, but Mary had to live in time and, and go through what we did and to suffer what we did, and so did Jesus. So that what it means is there's a great deal of meaning. Advent has, has a lot of meaning. It's hard for us to get into it sometimes with all we have to do. I had about two and a half good weeks, you know. Um, I would invite you, if you still want to do more, we have two weeks of Christmas and an octave to continue to walk on this special journey with Christ uh, in his infancy and to ask yourself, what need do I have that's, attracting me to Christ. What does he want for Christmas? He wants that which we have most to give him. We had a lot of reconciliation the last two weeks. Many, many, many people took advantage of that, and there's always an opportunity in the future. Everyone in line had a need for reconciliation. They knew what they needed, and Christ was there to provide it. And we thank God that we have needs, because without that, we wouldn't be with him. And so we thank God for that tremendous gift, which 
we often want to return, which leads us to Christ and for Advent and uh, the nativity soon to follow.